Hi, I'm William Davis, and welcome to this Gospel Podcast. The message you're about to hear is entitled, Intercession. God is looking for intercessors, people to pray and stand in the gap for each other, for ministries, for lost loved ones. We know that when we pray, God hears, and God is looking for intercessors. Now let's enjoy this good word from the Lord. my pleasure to be with you tonight and to minister God's Word. I thank you all for the opportunity. Well, I'm kind of moving over here where the crowd is. You can still hear me over there, though, I guess. Ezekiel 22, verse 30, please, if you'll turn in your Bibles. Let me take a survey. Who in here prays? All right. Who needs to pray more? Hey, all right. One hundred percent. That sounds pretty good. Well, I've got a word that the Lord is dealing with me about personally, and it's a burden he's put on me. A lot of times preachers preach things that they pray about a service. The Lord gives them a word. They preach it, yet they're often detached from the burden of it. I'm going to minister something to you that is a burden in my personal life right now. And, and, and with this in mind, it means that when I get up to minister, it's something that's personal to me that God is, is working in me. And now I'm going to share it with you and you can be a part of it. He says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I sought for a man among them that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Now, that is a sad, difficult situation Israel was in when God says, I want to pour out some mercy. Who will be the intercessor? And he looked, he couldn't even find a Noah at this particular time. He couldn't find a Moses or an Abraham or a Job or a Daniel. There was no one. And so God said, I didn't want to destroy it, but I couldn't find anyone to make up a hedge. Stand in the gap. The hedge would be protection from God's wrath. The gap is this distance between man and God. Now, what I want to share with you tonight is about intercession and intercessors. And God has put on me a burden to begin to seriously pray and to intercede. And I've started to start standing in the gap and to make up a hedge. I've seen people pass. I've seen people die in the Lord, older folks who I knew were prayer warriors. And I'm waiting to see who are the ones God's raising up to take their place, and I'm not seeing it. Now, the church, we've raised up worshipers, and our Bible colleges raise up preachers, but who raises up intercessors? Well, who, who teaches that? Who, who, who has that class? Well, what class is it that, 
that where you teach someone now, you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to get on your knees. And these people need prayer. There is so much sickness and divorce and difficulties in people's lives. There's a covering over God's church by His Spirit that is lifted up in prayer. It's the prayers of God's people that cover us, people we don't even know. People who God want, wants to use to make this covering to intercede on our behalf, the church, without spot and without wrinkle. And I feel in my spirit that there are large holes in that covering that should be there protecting the church. And I feel like that we're in, in danger to some extent because there are not enough people making up the hedge, filling in the gap between uh, between wrath, between difficulty, between problems in spiritual warfare like there should be. Now, I want to speak to you about being an intercessor. Now, Christ was the ultimate intercessor. He stood between God and every man, human being for the sake of our sins. In fact, the Bible says that in another place, he looked for an intercessor, and so his own arm brought salvation. And in Hebrews 7:25, he ever liveth to make intercession for me. So the good news is, I have Christ, my intercessor, but God is looking for some people to, to stand in the gap and to pray where others cannot pray. When I'm down sick, I have a tough time getting enough faith for my own healing. I need someone else who's on the mountain at the moment to stand over me and pray for me with the Holy Ghost anointing and say, get up. And if my mind is not right, and if I'm attacked by the devil and things don't seem right, feel right, I can't find my way, I need someone who's already overcome and conquered to come pray for me. And then I do the same for someone else who's in darkness and feels like God's against them and all life is woe and misery. Needs someone who's already overcome to come and intercede and stand in the gap. Intercession is God's planned method of covering, protecting, and shielding His people. There's all kinds of different intercessors. And as I was studying this, I learned some things I, I, I didn't know. I found out that the intercessor walks with God. I found out that the intercessor has great revelations of God. Revelations that the person who blesses their food and says, lay me down to sleep and God help us all. Revelations that that person doesn't get. Now, if you're just starting out and that's the only prayer you got, please pray it. Start somewhere. Okay? Jonah was an intercessor. Now, he was a bit of an unusual intercessor. He was kind of hard to deal with. But in one place we see God looked for a man and found none. Well, he looked for a man and he found Jonah. Well, we got Jonah. Well, we're going to work with him. He's all we got right now. So we're going to add a couple extra chapters to the Bible, where Jonah's running around all over the place, and then finally, chapter 3, we're going to get Jonah back on track. An intercessor often intercedes by preaching the truth. Now, what I'm going to concentrate on, ultimately, is prayer. 
But intercessors in the Bible didn't just pray. Some of them just lived. Some of them just were. Just because their righteousness was before God, that they lived right, that was intercession enough on behalf of people, just if they were there. But Jonah, let's turn to the uh, book of Jonah, please. Jonah, Micah, name Rebecca. Jonah chapter 3, and uh, they'll have it quicker on the screen than I find it here. Wait, here we go. Jonah chapter 3, he says in verse 4, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. Verse 9, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Jonah was an intercessor because he preached the gospel. What was good news for these folks was if you'll turn and repent, you won't be destroyed That was intercession. Now, if you speak to someone on behalf of their soul and they turn to God, you have turned that wickedness to righteousness. And God will not judge that person, of course, in the same manner. And that is a type of intercession. Job was an intercessor. Turn with me, please, to the book of Job. And I uh, flip around a lot here, so this will be good Bible drill practice. Job chapter 1, verse 5, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about. Now he's talking about Job's family, his sons and, uh, and daughters. That Job sent and sacri- uh, their feasting was gone about. That Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned. And curse God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. This is a, a, a picture of family responsibility. Parents. Grandparents. Responsibility before God for young people who, uh, teenagers maybe, young people in their 20s who, who are not yet finding their way. They're exploring life, exploring this world, and uh, want to run to and fro And Job had sense enough to know, you know what? Maybe they've cursed God in their heart. Maybe they've done something wrong. They're doing something that they don't realize is bad for them right now. So I'm going to intercede. I'm going to stand in the gap for my family. And I'm going to offer up the sacrifice. Now, we can't make someone else saved. But we can withhold judgment on someone so that grace is given so that they can be saved. Jesus said... Whoever sins you remit, they're remitted. And whoever's you retain, they're retained. Now, that's difficult theology, but the bottom line is I can go to God on behalf of someone else who in ignorance or in rebellion is not living right, and I can intercede. I can say, God, have mercy on them. Make a way. Make a way for grace. 
And in uh, chapter 42 of Job, Verse 8, so, so Job, this righteous man, who went through his trial, he had some fine friends, and they didn't say everything exactly right the way they should have. And so the Bible says that everything we do will be held into judgment. Every word we say... Every thought we think, man, we can't get away with anything, can we? There just isn't any. You think you get your, your works cleaned up, and then you got to get your mind cleaned up. you got to get your heart cleaned up. But look at these fellows, Job's friends. The Bible says in verse 8, Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that ye have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. You might have some foolish friends, some foolish folks on the job who don't talk about God right. I want you to know they need your intercession. They need a righteous person that serves God to stand in the gap because the wrath of God is on all unrighteousness of men. Now, we are not appointed unto wrath, but what? To receive salvation. Okay? But for those who are not covered in the blood, when God looks down and sees a man or a woman and no blood of Jesus, uh uh-oh, that's bad. Bad news. He looks at me, looks at us, says, blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm in the covering. But Job was a righteous man, and he could intercede on behalf of his friends who had not spoken the right thing concerning God. Now, let me tell you that one difficult thing is to pray for your enemies. Now, God tells us to do that. I don't know if He's so concerned about us learning about forgiveness. He's just concerned about judgment. Because it's not God's will that any perish, but that all should be saved. And Jesus said we must pray for God's will to be done. God's will doesn't always get done. That's what we're here for as intercessors. Now, Daniel was an intercessor. Turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 9. Daniel is an example of an intercessor who doesn't just pray for one person like Job, or one family, or one city, like Nineveh for Jonah. Daniel was a national intercessor. And with his intercession came great revelation that Daniel wasn't even expecting. He just had a burden. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, In the first year of the reign of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Daniel knew the signs of the times. He knew what time it was on God's clock. 
If we knew what time it was on God's clock, on His watch, Lord, what's the time? Then we really know what the time is. Sometimes our clocks aren't ticking with God's clock and we're going off and doing something else when God's got a plan over here and we get our watch out of time with God's watch and we come out later. Well, Lord, what happened over here? I don't know. And God's way over there. Hey, come over here. Daniel knew what time it was. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 2 and 3, that you see the sky is one way and and so you say, here comes uh, some foul weather, and you see another thing, but you don't know what, what the times are. And in verse 3 of Daniel chapter 9, he says, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel was willing. He was a willing vessel of the Lord. He says, prayer... This is a prayer. God, help us tonight. We thank you, Lord. God is great. That's a prayer. A supplication is, oh, God, help us. Okay? Supplication is when your praying turns into something, I've got to have an answer to this. He said he did both. He prayed, supplications, fasting, sackcloth and ashes. Now, we don't do a whole lot of that. And maybe that's a good thing. In fact, Jesus said, when you fast, don't uh, put on a big show. But I don't think Daniel was putting on a show here. He was doing what he knew was the right thing for him to do to tell God that he was serious. And that's the point of this. When you get with God, make it so you know that God knows that you're serious. If there's something you need to give up. There's a television program, something in this world, something that that you really love. Love not the world, though the things that are in the world. But you say, I'm going to put this aside because, Lord, I want you to know how serious I am about this. He says in verse 5, we've sinned and committed iniquity, done wickedly, have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. And chapter 9 is long about Israel's sins, and we as a nation, there's many, many sins in this nation that are surely worthy of judgment. But I want to encourage you tonight, God is looking for intercessors. God's not just waiting to kick the whole thing over. If He can find some people that will stand in the gap, make up the hedge, and first hold off judgment, and secondly, preach salvation so those who have done wickedly will turn and repent. Verse 16, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem. Verse 18, the last half, for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. Verse 20, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people. Wait, wait, hold on a second. While he was confessing my sin and the sin of my people. Apparently an intercessor doesn't have to be perfect. Tell you right now, the devil will lie to you and tell you that you cannot pray for someone else because of your own personal struggles. And that's baloney. 
You can get on your face, get forgiveness, confess your sins, make yourself right, and then you're ready to go. The devil is a liar, and if you think he messes with your mind when you pray for yourself, he will when you pray for someone else. But that's spiritual warfare. And, and in verse 21, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth. And I am come to show thee. And thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. At the beginning of your supplications. Do you know God hears you the first time? You know that prayer is not begging God? There's something the Lord showed me a while back, a long time ago, and it's different ways to pray. And, and I know one way is to ask God, and He will do the thing needed. Another way is to receive of God's Spirit, and then I speak to the thing that's needed. He said, speak to the mountain. Who am I to speak to the mountain? Because already over here, I already was receiving of His Spirit, His anointing, His power. And then when I needed it, I go over here. And instead of having to beg God for the thing, I've already got Jesus in me. I already have the power and the authority of His Word and His name and the power of the Holy Spirit. And now it's my responsibility to speak to the thing, speak to the mountain. See, there's things God has given us to do in this earth physically. Man will live by the sweat of his brow. If a man doesn't work, he won't eat. You, you, you put the seed in the ground and the harvest comes up. God intended for these things to be done so that you reap that harvest. There are spiritual things that God has, he has made this plan. You get with God in private and he said he'll reward you openly. What's your reward openly? Your reward openly is power over the devil, power over sickness and disease, because you visited with the Heavenly Father in secret, He says, I'm going to reward you openly. So at the beginning of Daniel's supplications, he was heard. Now in chapter 10 of Daniel, this is another prayer of Daniel. It says in verse Two, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Verse 5, I lift up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body was like the barrel, and his face is the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire. My God, Daniel is having a, a revelation, an unexpected revelation, because he was on his knees praying for somebody else. Verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me and set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. The Bible says in Revelation that John saw Jesus and he fell on the ground as a dead man. But the next thing you know, the Bible says, And he laid his hand upon me and said, 
Fear not, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I want you to know God wants to bring us to deep spiritual revelations, but it's not to make us afraid. We are going to fear in the presence of, of holy God. But God promises to put his hand upon us. And another prophet, he gave food to eat for strength. He said, I'm weak, Lord. And an angel came down and gave him food to eat. So when God gives us revelations and shows us intense things, visions and dreams, it's not to hurt us, it's to help us and to help those around us. And then in verse 12, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. I am come for thy words. Thank you, Lord. You hear my words. The words that come out of my mouth in prayer that I don't know. God says he answers prayer. I guess he heard my prayer. Well, I'm just going to believe it. That's some faith. Well, sometimes faith is difficult, isn't it? But faith cometh. And the angel said, I am come for thy words. Hey, you, you heard me. Wow, you showed up for my words. And then he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But look, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. Spiritual warfare. I know I prayed about it, but I'm going to pray again. And you pray again, and it's not because you're begging God, oh, if I can jump up and down and get God's attention. Maybe if He'll pray for me, God likes Him a lot. So if He prays for me, I'm going to get God's attention. That's not how the thing works. We are given the duty and the responsibility in warfare to empower the angels that fight on our behalf in spiritual warfare, so that the answer can come. In fact, Paul says, let's turn to Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Stop there. doesn't sound like Paul's telling us, try hard to get God's attention. He's telling us in his word, we've got God's attention. He knows us, who we are. He calls us by name. But we have an adversary. And that's the problem, is the adversary. And so he gives us weapons of warfare called the whole armor of God, that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins skirt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There are some other saints who need your intercession. Maybe you're good with the shield. 
Another saint needs your skill with the shield of faith. Maybe you're good with the Word. God's given you a gift with the Word that you can understand and can use it in prayer. There's another saint that needs your intercession and needs you to use that sword on their behalf. Remember, we're talking about intercession. And I'm going to uh, pull this together here real quickly. First Samuel chapter 12. Remember the different things God gave intercessors that, that uh, Daniel received great revelation as an intercessor. Jonah was an intercessor that was also a preacher and saw many souls saved. Samuel was a teacher, a prophet, a judge, and an intercessor. And he says in verse 23, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and right way. You see two things there that Samuel had in mind? He said, I'm not going to stop praying for you. But secondly, I'm going to teach you how to live right. Intercessors are called by God. Intercessors serve God's purpose. It's a sin if we don't intercede on behalf of others. And to intercede, to pray for someone else, you must have compassion. Uh, when I was a young, younger man, my early 20s, I felt the call to intercede, but I hadn't really discovered the love of God enough. I understood the love of God, but I didn't understand love for people enough. And so I would bow down to pray and say, well, Lord, I want to be an intercessor, but okay, God help him. Compassion lights the fire for the burden of intercession. When you've got... It, kindness is real easy to spot. You, you ever... Um, some things in the Spirit are, are difficult to understand. You ever see a preacher or someone on TV and they claim to be a man of God and they do a miracle or something and you just say, I don't know. Is that God or not? I don't know. Has anyone ever questioned? Ever seen a preacher and say, I guess he's of God? But when somebody's nice, shows me love, that's easy. That's easy to spot. Well, that was love. And that's why Jesus said, that's how you're going to know they're my disciples. Now, signs and wonders will follow, but that's not the trademark of, ultimate trademark of disciple. It's love. Because hate, disrespect, that's easy to spot. Well, that guy doesn't care anything about me. Just I know because I just talked to him. But then when somebody loves me, I say, well, well, that was love. That is easy to spot. So God calls the intercessor to have compassion for his people. The Bible says that the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. The Bible says there's a prayer of agreement. And my final scripture I'd like to read is Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And I need a musician, please. Or what man is there of you whom his son shall ask bread, 
will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, your Father which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Don't you know that when you pray, God's not laughing at you? He's not scoffing? He's not saying, mm, think about it. God gives good gifts to those who ask Him. And what I want to do right now is I want to have some prayer time here. And God has put on me a burden to pray more, to intercede, to stand in the gap. Because God needs people to take that burden and to help in other people's lives, our friends' lives, our family's lives, and even folks we may not know. We have a young lady who's going to be a missionary. She needs some people to stand in the gap, make up the hedge. We can't just say, God bless her, she's the pastor's daughter, she's going to be okay. It doesn't work that way. Satan doesn't uh, have favorites or less favorites or, or whatever and people he's going to attack. She needs a covering of prayer. I hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like more information about my ministry, you can go to WilliamDavisGospelMinistry.com. That's WilliamDavisGospelMinistry.com. Thank you very much for being a part. God bless you.